Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game podcast, brought to you by Dice 8 Productions. Hello everyone, welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 78, the Pew Pew Holiday Tournament Preview. I am your host, Ed Horn, and alongside me tonight, one Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Okay, how are you guys doing? I'm good. And of course, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how are you doing? Good, thanks, Ed. All right. So tonight, in, uh, I guess, homage to our episode zero episodes, we're going to continue on with our little bit of analysis that we've been doing for our uh, Patreon supporter, one Michael. And he has given us a list, actually, several lists for an event that's going to be happening little small event but that kind of fits our mo we're not really super big into the tournaments but we're going to go ahead and give it a genuine review he's given us a list of all four of the lists that are going to be run at this small little event and we're going to kind of review and kind of give our ideas and thoughts on that we've also of course got our flight deck as well as you know standard fare for lack of focus and the stuff we're going to be talking about so let's dive into the flight deck sean you have some news Something that might spin off a little onto its own side conversation this evening. Yeah, um, oddly enough, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, my son called me up and we were talking and I was thinking about asking him if he would want to play some Age of Sigmar, you know, dive into that, the unholy world of, you know, (laughs) Warhammer stuff. And next thing I know is he tells me, well... Right before, literally right before I was going to ask him, he says, guess what I got, Dad? And I'm like, what'd you get? And he goes, I got 40, 40K stuff. And I'm like, Woo-hoo! really? And so he told me about how we got uh, the box of Thousand Suns stuff. And this is a $85 starter box off Amazon. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I want to dive into this insane world of 40K and... Uh, Two weeks later, uh, to my right is a bunch of 40K stuff. So, <laughs> Welcome with, to the club. <laughs> with, the, with the help of Chris on my initial side of this and Ed chiming in a bit here and there, I think I've already hit about 600 bucks into 40K and paint. So Space Marines it is. Um, As it should thank be. You. And, yeah, and you, and you decided to go, of course, with the poster boys of the Grand Imperium, and that would be the Ultramarines. That is correct. Yep. And I got the, it's the com, new Combat Patrol box that came out. Um, that's a good, that's a good box set. It really is. Yeah. For the money, you're saving like 70 bucks if you buy it that way compared well, to and, if you bought everything individually. So what's interesting to me is whenever you have like hardcore gamers, like hardcore 40K players, they look at those box sets and go, oh, well, you know, you're not really going to use this. You're not really going to use that. Or everyone's always got these. But from your perspective, Having never touched the game, having never purchased a model for 40k, those start pl- uh, start building the sets are fantastic because it's going to really get you a good start into the game. Yeah, like we were chatting about it. Sean was going to pick up the um, start collecting space screens box, um, and then I, I told him that last Saturday, I think it was now, they were releasing yep. effectively the same box but with an added transport vehicle in it as a combat patrol box. So mm-hmm. for like 50 bucks more or whatever, you were getting a $70 tank on top of the already decent savings. So Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then locally here, you know, we have the 
the game shop here in Omaha and they have a discount loyalty program where if you, you know, spend $250, um, they put points on your card. And then at the level of 250 points, you get um, 20% off. So not only did I get a whole bunch of stuff, but I also got a lot of paint, the um, intercessors, the combat patrol box, the captain with the heavy bolter. So it's the three of the items that came with the newer stuff, the yeah. Phobos armor version. Yeah, you're going, uh, you're going all straight up Primaris Marines. So we were going over the different Primaris types and all of that stuff. We had a chat earlier on this week. Didn't invite Ed because we wanted to actually do it on time, you know. <laughs> um, but then, you know, so that was the that was kind of the culmination of my week last week was with gaming and stuff is literally purchasing into the you know the committing the mortal sin of jumping into 40k and now having to uh do something with it of course my son has already built everything and i'm waiting till i get my ultramarines book which i had to order from games workshop because i want to make sure that the models i put together match what i'm trying to do yeah yeah uh, that's understandable with the Space Marine book, I could do it because they're all in, you know, everything's in the Space Marine book. But the Ultramarine supplement will help with making sure I have the right gun and the right guy type thing. So it's more of that hobby side than, oh, the, yeah. you know, than that play side. You yeah, know, you'll be good. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not actually not stressing about it. And then my when I was at Nova Open in, I think, 2016, it was 2016 or 17, I had bought a Grex airbrush and some accessories with it and stuff and uh have never actually used it and then i bought my grex air compressor today or it arrived today so now i'm ready to ready to actually use my airbrush which i've been waiting to use for a while and now i i pretty much have a reason to and now i can you know start slathering models up show them to chris have him shake his head and say that's not how you do it sean <laughs> I don't you think know. that'll be happening. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> if you're doing yeah, it, by, so. if you're doing it via airbrush, you should be okay. Just make. I mean, it's it should be fine. I'm it, actually gonna do the first ones. I'm gonna base them with the McCrag blue mm -hmm. and go that route. I have also the wraith bone color, so that if I want to do the contrast paint, yep, I can yeah. go that route with it. So I kind of have both to try to do to do both and and my son needs the wraith bone anyway to do his basing on the the thousand suns figure so oh yeah absolutely you're just two different shades of blue <laughs> marines on one good side and one bad side did yeah. you so it sounded to me like you got more stuff than your son did is it going to even no, out no, no. it's opposite he has he has a lot more than I do. Um, the Thousand Suns box alone equals the same amount of points as the box I got. Ah, uh, but it well, has because Ar Armand's in that box set, isn't he? Yeah, we worked yeah. it. We just did uh, power levels and stuff, and they're pretty close on yeah. power level. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Then, that's then fine. he went and he got uh, another leader. He got all kind. He he actually spent probably an extra 200 to 300 dollars on his stuff getting more stuff in and which is fine you know um i'll do the same thing i'm just not doing it all at once i want to see 
I got to figure this out first before I just start throwing money at it. Oh yeah, no, I understand completely. You know, and starting I, off with small power level games, just I mean, again, just for fun, you'll be fine. Well, that's the whole point. Is for me anyway. It's just a just for fun game. You know, he has two friends that play also, so for him, it'll be to whatever competitive level they want to be at. When it, him and I have talked about it greatly, and we're not going to overdo it. We're just going to play to have fun. Um, you know, learn how to use you know a bunch of this stuff. I have you know. So when I was at Nova opened, so we're talking a few years ago. I got a little bit ago. Um, so when I was at Nova Open, I bought a whole bunch of primers for airbrush. So a whole bunch of different colors of primers for airbrush and a ton of airbrush paints that I've never used. And I have airbrush flow improver. I have all kinds of stuff. Yeah, the flow improver is what you're going to need absolutely with GW paint. GW paint tends to be a little bit thick. Yeah, and then the Badger, you know, ready-to-use airbrush cleaner. So I have all kinds of stuff for an airbrush that I have literally never used, and now I can use it. Oh, no excuses anymore. So as much as I want to take a really deep dive into all of those things, we've decided that we're going to make that a lack of focus later in the evening, so... In focus. In focus. In focus. A, a, yes, lack of, in a lack of focus in focus. A lack of right. focus in focus where we're going to dive deep into some of Sean's questions about 40K. And Chris, and I'm so giddy. I'm looking forward to that as well. So <laughs> anything else other than all of that fun stuff to going on? Nope. That's pretty much been it. Um, yeah, it's mostly been kind of the prep up to that point. The purchase last weekend. And then we went to the Games Workshop store here in Omaha and got more of his stuff than my stuff. You're lucky that you have the... one in like like in driving distance. Yeah, that's where we got the the rule books were there and the core books. And then so we each got a core book. Um, You know, then I got the Space Marines book. He got the Thousand Suns. And then he got whatever supplement he needed for the, it's like four pages of stuff, but it's for the, whatever, it's it's not psionics, but whatever the, you know. Yeah, it's a psychic psychic awakening. Yeah. Yeah, where they added supplemental rules in there for that. Yeah, so he got, you know, bought a book for four pages of rules for his Thousand Sons guys. No, there's one for the Nec- there's one for the Necrons. There's literally no rules or anything in it for the Necrons. Yeah. But it's got a pretty Necron picture on it, so I did not buy that one. <laughs> and like so, I said, my old okay. Ultramarine book will be here tomorrow. So along with some some other models he ordered or at the game shop store. Well, and yeah. that book specifically will really help you get into the lore and the fluff behind that mm-hmm. army that you've chosen to play. Like it's it, that's legitimately yes. Everyone always makes a complaint. Oh, I spent so much money for like 18 pages worth of rules. No. 18 pages 18, front and back. Yeah, front and back for rules and then 60 other pages full of amazing yeah, amazing yeah, so- story and fluff, and it's absolutely genuinely worth it. Sorry, um, I can't believe that reference just didn't didn't land. I'm so sad. Ah, uh, I missed. I didn't even such, such a oh. boomer. Eighteen pages front and back. <laughs> Friends yep, reference. Come on. Yeah. Oh. No. Oh, Rachel writes lost Oh man. I was never a friends guy. I don't know how else to put it. I was never like there's this giant gigantic deal because I guess they're doing some kind of reunion on HBO Max. Yeah, and, like I, and I, I, watched couldn't it. Care, I couldn't care less. Oh, you've I, got to watch it, man, because you get to look at all of the guys and go, Yeah, it turns out I edge better than them. Cool. <laughs> Is it really that bad? Oh yeah. Oh, all right. Well maybe that maybe just for that purpose, <laughs> that's what oh, I'm watching. Oh man, look at me. I'm awesome 
also, the fact that they're like 10 years older than me is uh, irrelevant, you know? It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're a bit older. I think Courtney <laughs> Cox is the oldest. Uh, I, think, um, I think Lisa Kudrow. Because I think she was pretty, pretty old when they started. Right, I'm sorry. Yeah, she might be the oldest. Relatively yeah. speaking to the rest of the Relatively, case. yeah. Pretty old when it's a show about being in your 20s. Right. right. You mean like Beverly Hills 902 and 0 where they have Luke Perry when he's in his 30s and he's supposed to be a kid in high school? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So, Chris, I'll kick the ball over to you. What have you been doing? Um... Well, we watched for Friends Reunion. We, uh, yeah. I, It was our wedding anniversary on the 11th. And I Happy knew anniversary. We, I forgot we, to ask you how many years. Uh, 11. 11 Ooh. years. Ooh, 11 years there. married. Uh, 21 years we've been together now. All right. So now wow. you got to flex on that. I was about to say, like, my wife and I have been together for 19 years. We've been married for coming up on 17. But yeah. I guess you win. But we, obviously, I was already in the Air Force when we met, and Jill was in college and university, and like one of the things we spoke about when it was like becoming serious, so like, I didn't want to get engaged to be engaged, and we weren't going to get married unless we could live together, so um, no, I was... I agree with that, 100%. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we like didn't see each other for the first 10 years is probably why we're still together, you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> something to do with it. Yeah, we didn't live in each other's pockets, so we didn't get, get like, oh, I'm sick of seeing you now, just get out. Yep. No, it's good. Um, That's good. Well, congratulations. I got Jill so, um, the Central Perk Lego set for her to build them. So her and Ooh. Evie have been playing with Friends Lego. Um, it's been good. Um, then I spent this, like, entire week. So we, on our end of it, we were chatting, and I was... Like we were talking about dice eight stuff and how it's going, don't gonna keep doing it and all of that kind of things. But we kind of revisit it once a year because obviously it doesn't make money. It, I, it prevents me from getting a real job, and like it's been fine because I've been looking after Evie, so I couldn't really worry about a real job anyway. But you know, just having that grown-up conversation, and I was talking about like one of the things I've been meaning to do and just keep putting off was like it's really hard to do a painting stream or any painting videos, so having to set up the table for painting is really time-consuming when all the painting I've been doing has been like time-sensitive commissions or, you know, stuff I want to get done. And I've been making the excuses that there wasn't enough room in the furnace room and like it's noisy in there because it's a furnace room and all of that. But I actually... After I vocalized that stuff to Jill, I was like, well, I should probably do something about it now, because if I don't, she can like, hold it against me. And yep. uh, next time we talk about Dice Hate stuff, if I haven't progressed it, I don't have anything to show, do I? I mean, it makes it a losing battle. So the theoretically, there is a chance that by the time this episode comes out, we could have done our first painting stream, because it's all set up, Ooh. ready to go. Um Two cameras, green screen. Um, I'll have a Twitch chat available or whatever platform I use. Um, I've decided that the the laptop that was going to be for going to events and stuff for my like streaming from events isn't getting used at the moment, so that's been relatively permanently installed in there for it for me to use. So yeah, what I, are you um, going to be streaming on? Are you going to be streaming on Twitch or are you going to be streaming on YouTube? Um, I've. I kind of, I'm undecided. I'll probably do Twitch because when I wanted to do it like four years ago, 
that was only really Twitch to use. I should probably do it on YouTube because branding. But what I might try, once I'm up and running, if I'm doing it regular, because obviously with our um, inquisitive stuff, then I want to try and stream three times a week, realistically. If I can get that set up, I would probably pay for the software to let me multi-stream so that I could stream on both. To hit both. Yeah. Will that but, laptop handle that, or are you going to have to move that from to the main? Um, it's arm? all um, it's driven on there, and you still send out a one signal, and then they oh they, they split they, it. They yeah. split it. Oh, that's interesting. That's why you pay for it. All right, it's fine. The only um, reason I mentioned the, the the YouTube side of it is because you get added benefits for YouTube. Uh, you can get partnerships through that way. You can get like the super chats and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I know that you can get followers through and people can donate through Twitch. It's kind of basically the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I would do. Um, I've not really decided. I just want to start doing it and start yeah. being. Yeah, I, that's I need the to. Key. I need to do more with the stuff if I'm going to keep doing it. So I, it makes me feel guilty because obviously this is the one thing that I have actually made sure we always did. Uh, we always like this has mm-hmm. been. I mean, what episode seventy eight? You know, I. We Chris committed has been the to driving it. force behind all of them. And um yeah, I've I don't think it's would be a surprise for people to hear that the um the X Wing focus has been like harder and harder and I don't think this is gonna go anywhere. I still enjoy that as a foundation, but I think oh, there's so so much again, scope for us to do I'm, other things and Yeah, I don't know that. if I'm giving a peek behind the curtain, but I think that we've talked about this on air before. We genuinely did talk about this originally that um, while X-Wing was still going to be a big part of this show, that we weren't going to be restricting ourselves to things only X-Wing. Which is I mean, kind of been that's a why we, we picked the title for a reason, didn't we? Right, which has been kind of part of the fun of the show, which has kind of helped us continue to do so. So I absolutely feel that if you want to sit down and do a Twitch stream of just painting, you absolutely should do that. I think 100%. Yeah. You're yeah. going to be doing it anyway. Why not just do it on camera? Uh, that, that was it. It was like, I've spent a decent chunk of time painting now. No, I don't think I'm... This isn't fishing for compliments, guys. It's fine. I don't think I'm, like, a Golden Demon winning painter. I'm not... I don't paint that way. But I think the way I do paint could be useful for people and is relatively easy to teach, I think. So, you I don't know. I think the content has value. One model? Like, what do you do? If you're not putting at least 75 hours in with... <laughs> With non-metallic metallics, then what, so, you're not even a real painter, are you? Well, my goal is if if you spend forty hours painting a model and it and it that's a hundred percent, I want to be able to put like two hours into it and get to fifty percent. Yeah, agreed. Because yeah. you know that seems like I'm winning that exchange. Well, we can like, and I've seen I have seen some of the tutorial videos of, of videos of those you know golden demon tiered list tier painters where they're like, all right, so I'm going to start off with this base, and then I'm going to go shade up, and then I'm going to go to shade up, and then I'm going to go to shade up, and I look at that and I'm like, I don't like the subtleties in the shading I difference. Don't, I, don't I don't think don't I should. See. So um, I'm painting some god tier stuff for a friend at the moment. And is that um, a game or is that your painting level? That's a, the game. So it's basically, um, um, I don't think we've talked about God Tier properly in the past. But it, it's kind of like you buy champions and they have followers and you compete. It's kind of like um, a MOBA, but a board game. I'm just going to throw it up we, into may, the We may chat have right touched now. this. I think we may yeah. have just oh, barely I, I did touched post this. It. So, yeah, the last thing I posted in the painting channel was the uh, the guy for that. 
Um, so yeah, and I think it was pretty good. It's not bad, you know. It's okay. I did. I mean, what, I mean, you even had. Did you put that on Instagram? I don't recall. No, that this one's not gone on Instagram yet. I, I, I can share this screen because I, I have the technology. I can do this. So, uh, no, not a new scene. We just want a new window. There we go. Do there. we go. I'm gonna share some pictures of it. It'll be just to the right of you, Ed. You'll be able to point at the pictures now. Yeah, the, those pictures. Or, or that way. No, you're right. That, that way, that way. Yeah, <laughs> come on. I'm a, I'm a producer extraordinaire. Come on. You are. So the, these ones, see? Uh, and I, that that was contrast paint for the base and then like some quick and dirty layering and highlighting. And yeah, I think they look decent for the they amount of time good. and effort I put in. Uh, they the um, Elder Scrolls guy was prob- maybe two hours, maybe, but including drying time. I, I, so, I love the little cut over the eye, too. It's supposed nice to be a tattoo. It's, it's like a tattoo, I think. I don't, I've, I'm, I've okay, not really so played me, the game, so I don't know. To me, it looked like like he got cut and it was a little bit of bloodshed. I could see that, too. Yeah. Uh, if, we, if we click on it, I've got to uh, do this now. Transition that. Uh, you can see it a bit bigger. But yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it. It's good fun. Yeah, yeah. no, those are, those are good. Yeah. And that could have been perfect content to put in a stream. No, I, like I say, it's, I don't think it's difficult to teach that style of painting because I feel like if I can do it, a lot of people can because I'm t- pretty bad. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway. No, those X-Wings you did for Armada look pretty sharp. I'm just saying. That's because the pitch is taken from far away. <laughs> Yeah, and they're like, that's not even 10 millimeter scale. What are those, like 8 millimeter? Like, not even. They're so, uh, the, they're so small. Yeah, they're very small. I like all of the the non-X-Wings. So painting our murder ships for Rebels, you buy the, the fighter pack, and you're like, oh, these Y-Wings have got the like little wires and stuff that connect from the nacelles into a main body. And then like the B-Wings have got loads of grooves and stuff in them mm-hmm. for the, the intakes. And the A-Wings have got the raised parts on the nose and like the cannons and like, the, the indentations for where the engine cuts are. And then the X-Wings, yeah. they're so bad. The, the models yeah. are terrible. Yeah. Um, like, there's no detail on them at all. It's like, it's like, they, it's like they, a- they made it... <laughs> Uh, I don't know, like, like out of matchsticks or something. And just... It reminds me of what 3D printing 40K models look like in, like, 2008. Do you remember yeah. seeing, like, some of the, this is my dreadnought that I 3D printed. You're like, where's any of the detail? <laughs> yeah, right. It looks like Lego blocks put together kind of thing. That's so, what those remind me of. Yeah, the X-Wings were the hardest to do because you have to paint the appearance of detail on them. Whereas in the others yes. have little bits you can kind of work with. Yeah. yeah, like where a wash just does amazing work and just filling in some of the grooves for shadowing and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I know, uh, taking it back to X-Wing, I know like Gold Squadron used to have a painting stream and repaint X-Wing ships. And uh, well, it's, I've repainted a few and kind of enjoy it. I, couldn't, I tried to repaint an X-Wing. I was going to do my own black one so I could have the open and closing wings. And I just despised every second of it. So I don't know. I'll try and keep some X-Wing content, keep some Star Wars content, maybe do some Legion stuff. But that was I've... the next direction I was exactly going to go, is that if you really want to keep it in the Star Warsy kind of theme, go Legion, because there's plenty of people that are playing that. And I would love to see a tutorial on painting Stormtroopers. Stormtroopers with the white are surprisingly easy. 
So well, you say. So yeah. you say. Yeah. So, um, so you till they all have you know the the handlebar mustaches basically that turn down. That's what all mine look like after I tried to stormtroop. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't. Know, I think the idea of trying to get it, the the problem is it, it's really easy to do X-wing content because. It's never going to be that big anyway. So if it's not that big, you're not really failing, are you? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not a failure because I've only got 1,500 followers. So I'm still like doing awesome. I'm winning YouTube. And yeah. Like, you know, I'm, though- I'm not PewDiePie, but like, as soon as I start trying to do just like <laughs> generic content that should appeal to everyone, then when I don't get any more, it's because I'm a loser and failing. So, you know, I just <laughs> I just hide behind the shield of, like, our, our nice little Discord group. And as long as you guys are happy, I'm okay. But no, I'm going to actually take the plunge and set myself up to fail because not doing it means that you've already failed. Correct. No one who ever did anything did it right the first time. There we go. That's what I spent my week doing. Yeah. The other thing is, too, is that I know that, uh, you know, I know that a lot of YouTube content creators, a good example, and Ed, this isn't, you know. Don't have a three-year-old and have to, and can afford well, to that, pay that, people to edit the videos. That, that's <laughs> part of it. But but when you look at a lot of YouTube creators, they create one thing, you know, their highest streams are magic streams, let's say. And then they go and they play a game and they get a hundred people because it's not magic. Where when they have magic, they have. 5,000 much. Yep. And, you know, that's the thing is that if you do what I, I, this is my firm belief about YouTube, because yes, if you're doing it for a living, like if you're actually, that's your only income in your household, then yes, you do what makes the most money. But my philosophy is because at some point I'll probably start up a channel. It'll be the, you know, oldest guy gaming style channel, you know, of me playing, playing really bad games poorly, you know, or really good games poorly. But the, the thing is, is that if you're not doing what you love to do and you're and you're falling into that well of, you know, content is what the audience is dictating, I think you're losing in that regard. You know, I'll be honest with you. I think X-Wing, when we did Nova, X-Wing was at its prime, you yes. know, we'll say. First edition was at its prime and the tournament scene was at its, you know, since then and since we came back with lack of focus, X-Wing isn't as big in my opinion, isn't as big. I know that they still get a lot of people at tournaments and stuff, but that personality side to X-Wing is different than it was way back when, you know, and now it's really different because there is no organized play at fantasy, you know, so it actually changes that model with X-Wing again. And then of course, second edition and how second edition exists is different because your points are now in a builder, you know, so you have to want to use build that builder for, for making lists and things like that. Whereas before you could sit down with just your book and figure out a list and, you know, and throw it up on a, you know, on a page and say, Hey, what is this list? You know, is this a good list? And back in the old FFG uh, forum days. Yeah. Where to me, I think if you branched out and did painting, whether it's X-Wing, whether it's Legion, whether it's 40 K, whether it's, I know Guild Ball's dead, but it's the only thing I can think of right now, you know, doing those types of games. I think you would actually have, because you look at how big Sarastro is, you know, yeah. and and I, I don't know Ed, if you know who Sarastro is, but he does a lot mm-hmm. of different game systems painting and he does step by step 
Compedians and how to do it. And I like Chris's method a little bit better because Chris actually shows you in great detail how to do things where Sarastro does, but I think sometimes he misses things in there that, or his style's different. Maybe it's just it, your style. It fits my brain better. It's hard but to, my point, to go over it a lot of the time because I've watched a lot of Sarastro videos for yeah. he was doing just Imperial Assault. And right. uh, yeah, it's, it's different. It's different. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not it, it's not an easy type of content to make. I don't think, uh, yeah, especially it, it, doing them as videos. The the good thing is, is the way he presented. Like these are the paints you need to do what I'm I am going to do, yeah. and then he would do them to a tabletop level, and then what is the whatever the next level is, and then the next level. But for me, the way that he was always talking, and I'm not knocking him. I think he's just an incredible painter. My taste though is more towards your flavor of it, Chris, than his. But it's just you know. Getting back to the YouTube content, you know, you look at it, if you did one video on painting, so if you did Monday, paint with Chris, Wednesday, you know, uh, Wednesday, here's a new board game coming out, this is how you play it type thing, and I'm just, you know, throwing this out there, and Saturday is Inquisitor Martyr, and you're doing that. It's, so I do have a super secret um content thing that i'm in the middle of working on i'm not i don't i've not even told you guys about it yet oh you don't know and we're family <laughs> yeah i've told very few people about it so again once i say it out loud i have to actually do it but it's, it's um, a stripper pull in the garage we, no we it's <laughs> uh it's a, <laughs> it's role-playing content but more um not gameplay, it's like... Um, the how-to. Uh, like kind of encounter design and stuff, but it's there's a specific theme that I'm going to run on, but I have to actually like write. So it's basically multi-platform content. So it'll be right, right. painting stuff for miniatures, um, scenario and encounter building, um, how I put it together, and then you know a, a bunch of different things around it. So... Theoretically, oh, tossing, one piece. Tossing some Roll20 uh, tutorials in there, too. How to do stuff in Roll20. I, I hate <laughs> Roll20 so much. I still, haven't, there, I still haven't added in your ball. That's how bad I am. There is another one out there, Foundry. Uh, the, fine. Uh, the problem is, Ed, because I'm... When we started, I got you guys to chip in for the Strad book. What I didn't get you guys to chip in for was the um, the players' handbooks, the subscription model, the the locks, the lock puzzle. To pay for that. Um, the cart. I had to pay for that. Um, all of these different like images. Uh, the map pack I used to build the um, the weird and wonderful um, witches layer. Um, that was, um, some of that was paid for content, like the map, the actual floor tiles for that. Um, oh. so I could, so I'm probably a couple of hundred dollars in on, oh, um, Jesus. roll 20. It's like, it's, it doesn't go anywhere. It's fine. And like you get, cause of, uh, cause I keep a subscription up so you guys can use everything. Um, they give you free extra content every month, and I've like, I've made use of some of that. Like um, the mine that you guys are heading towards um, is um, content that I got through that as part of my subscription. But yeah, I've heard Foundry's really good, and I'd be keen to try it. But I'm 
I'm too deep in the mires of having spent the money. Well, so, so that's not a cost that I would expect you to incur. The only reason, the only reason that I mentioned Foundry in any way, shape, or form uh, is uh, Freely Games, the publisher, yeah. Freely, Freely Publisher, the publisher of the Alien RPG, which I'm going to gush about here shortly, um, has an official partnership with them, and all of the stuff that they're doing has packs that you can buy from them that plug directly into Foundry. Yeah. I started doing the same thing when I'm going into looking to the costs on some of this, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, well, like, you, oh, I can get a starter box. It's only 20 bucks. Uh, so when the pandemic started, Roll20 were giving away the Lost Minds of Vandelva module. So you could download that and run it for free. But then it's, oh, what do you mean? You don't want to play one of these five pre-generated characters. You want to play with six people? I don't have enough characters for you. So we're going to have to buy the player's handbook now. And yep. then you've got to buy it. And then like, you buy that. And yeah, it adds up. And it's it's, it's a good business model, but you know, it is. I mean, it is like there's a but, big part. What of about Ed? What about if if you're just a patron of Dice Hate, you got content that you could take into that for free? It's part of your patron Ooh. reward. You know, be cool, wouldn't it? It would be cool, yeah. wouldn't it? That, that sounds like a really interesting idea. Yeah, but <laughs> it also sounds like a hell of a lot of work, so I'd probably have to do a bunch of that work before I announced anything. So correct me if I'm wrong, though. For Roll20, though, like, if you really wanted to... The only reason I know this is because this comes from my experience from the, the last Alien RPG module that I played. Um, The guy that ran that, Larry, made all of his own content. So, like, you're not necessarily required to purchase all those things. You just have to build them, which is a time investment. Yeah. So I get I, I get the cost-benefit ratio on that. I get the ROI on that, on the return. Like, if you're willing to put that kind of time into it and create your own maps and create your own character sheets and create, create all your own assets, you can do it without going out and buying any of that stuff. It just becomes really easy to be able to like, oh, well, it's only 30 bucks to buy this. I think so. So really quick, one thing I do think about whether you're paper, you know, paper DMing or electronic DMing, that's that's always going to exist one way or the other because you have to buy your supplies. You know, the if you're, you know, if you have five people face to face and you're just slapping paper on a table, that's not really that fun. That's why you go out and you buy the miniatures, you know, the the yeah. miniatures that are pre-painted, yeah, you know, <laughs> pre-painted, you know, or you All buy the, the ones. Yeah. All the book, you know, everything else. It's no matter how you look at it, you're always falling into that category of what is it? The DM is usually the one who's investing the money, you know. Yeah, and, agreed. And, and and the investment that people never take into consideration is time. Time is your biggest investment, and it all you know it all depends on what you value time at. If you're ROI, if you put 80 hours into a campaign, like 80 physical hours, straight hours, you know, working on a campaign, drawing up, all, drawing up the assets, all that and other you stuff. Get, yeah. And you get 10 hours out of that. Is your ROI or is it going to be no. a good return on investment in time? And as a general rule, for if I was running homebrew content, I'd be expecting to put in four hours work for like one hour's worth of play, kind of thing. Correct. So, well, yeah. maybe a bit, a bit off, but but because for the sessions I run with you guys, 
in my head, I consider them to be half sessions just because of where the timings always work out. So we chat a little bit beforehand. Doing anything intricate takes more time on Roll20 than just moving your pieces on the table kind of thing. Or in my opinion, right. it does anyway. Um, and then right, where we'd have a, right, a piss break or whatever, and that's the end of the week, and then we'd finish the session the next week. So like, I, in my head, when I plan, I... I plan one session, but it's going to be two weeks for us to do it kind of thing. So I I, I would expect if I was running in person and we were doing like normal four or five hours worth of play, that I'd be putting in between like six and eight hours a week for homebrew content. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and that's not even in, you know, that's not even the, I call it toilet time. So this is just, this is how I, the way my brain works, but you know, the, the time that you sit, so you have the time where you're sitting down and you're actually writing the campaign. Like I've already put together stuff. If we ever do a cyberpunk, I already have the beginning of it. So the intro to it's already, if we ever did a gamma world campaign, I have a gamma world backstory. Um, Cause that's how I do it is I start with the backstory before I ever even start with anything else. Like what the world is it's to give your players that vision of the world rather than because if they know what you're thinking or at least are on the same page they can immerse themselves a lot better whether you know rather than you know you're a first level you know first level pure strain human a first level solo type and plop here you are you're in the city of whatever and you're in you know night night whatever it is city and all that you know there's so much prep time I, I over prep everything you guys know that from from excellent you know tournament prepping for a you know 12 hour tournament i put in 200 hours of prep because you want to make sure that everything if something happens you have a way around it because what one thing i will say about x-wing players is the more that they have to sit and wait the more they get grumbly and pissy about this if you have if except, you have except a way, at lunch except at lunch except lunch yes you know, but <laughs> You know, people, if you were at Nova when I ran it, it ran literally. And, you know, I pissed off my judges a lot because it's like, get to that table, get that sheet so I can get it done. Because there's verification. Not only are you, not only are you entering data, but you're verifying data so that you don't have to repair around, which happened all the time. And, you know, because, oops, I misput, you know, Joe winning instead of Jim winning, you know, and Jim actually won. So now we got to change it, repair it. Hmm. The preparation is, is the key because you got to be able to handle things. And especially with software, if you're using software, if there's an error, you need to know how to handle it. So you have to iterate that to death. And that's why I always was. And it's the same way I am when I build D&D worlds. The other thing I do is where Chris, I think, is a very nice DM, you know, where he's a softy. Like for me, it's... There's a lot of battles not that we've had. He's not There's wrong. a lot of there. There is a lot of battles that we have had that you probably our group would have died if I were the D. And it's not because it's not because Chris fudges die rolls or anything like that. It's just I'm that type of person where I like to take everything to the edges because that thrill of excitement is what you know is what gets me going. It's what gets my juices going. Not all my players like it. I've had players quit midstream because they can't handle the, the way truth. that I view yeah, you know, or they can't handle how I handle 
NPC because an NPC isn't your best friend day one. An NPC has to learn to trust you and you have to learn to trust them. And that's how I plan. Yeah, they're perfect strangers to you up until that point. Exactly. You know, and a lot of times, you know, a lot of times there are plot pieces, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I think we're way off where we, where we started with this, but, so, right. but at, the, at the same time, you know, it's, I've I've been looking at Tableau and they have a lot of systems for sure, but I don't know, you know, they even have the Star Wars FFG system here and it looks like you have to download stuff. Correct. Because Tableau is like that third tier tabletop one, correct? Because the only ones that genuinely I know in any research I did, like I had never even heard of Roll20 up until Chris was like, hey, if we're going to play D&D, this is what we're going to play it on. Roll20 is the only one I actually knew of, you know, tabletop simulator, of course, but I don't think that that's a good methodology not for not for like not for role-playing no i agree it's good for other things but not not for that so and like i said the only reason i even looked into foundry first of all it looks a lot prettier than roll 20 uh no qualm we've been playing on roll 20 for over well over a year now um and it functions it to me all right uh sean you'll probably get you'll you'll get this reference more than maybe chris will roll 20 to me is magic the gathering online functionally everything works according to the way that the rules are supposed to work right it just physically doesn't look very pretty yeah foundry is more like arena yep rules still work but it's got a lot more flashier lights and a lot more prettier things and it's it's a newer architecture and everything. It's newer else. architecture, yeah. Because I mean, Roll Twenty. I don't think that they've really necessarily updated that software. They've updated at they've updated asset packs, absolutely, but I don't think they've updated that software in a decade. Yeah, I don't know enough about that, but it's. I know enough that it really that one of the early struggles that it had was when Chrome started becoming a primary browser in internet usage. It struggled. In- yeah, yeah, and and Chrome's been around for a while. Yeah, for sure, it's. I think that I really think that I think for ease of use. So I've never used it to the level Chris has, but I've used it before running a campaign. Like I said, not to the level that Chris had. I added my own maps and then you have to build everything on those maps and your scaling and everything else. This was a few years ago before we even started using it. I didn't like it. You know, number one, I'm not a programmer, you know, so I'm not a script guy and I'm not a kind of guy that I don't have that. I don't have the creativity that some people have to be able to put a lot of interesting things is I have to use other inf- that's why I bought, you know, $200 worth of cyberpunk books from a store in Canada because I like the some I story. like I like the background information that comes from it's why if you were playing with me in fifth edition, you're actually playing second edition or first edition D and D because I have all the modules. Yeah, you're just and I just convert it. Yep, revamp to I've done that. Yeah. Because some of those some of those modules, it was never about the mechanics of the game. It was always about the story. It was always about what was happening in there. Legitimately, if you're rolling in, you know, two o. 3-5, Pathfinder. It didn't matter what role-playing system it was. It was the story behind what was happening in the market. Right. It genuinely didn't matter. The only time that kind of weird stuff came up was like, oh, well, you fire off a trap and it does X amount of damage. That That's the only little fiddly bits that came into kind of stuff like that you have to modify. Other than that, it's all story. Yeah, you know, and, and that's, that's a huge thing for me is that, you know, what's cool about the modules is you don't have to, you could tinker with them, but you really don't have to change a lot. You know, the old, the old, 
here's the front door, here's room one, room two, room three, room four, room five, and they're already all laid out. And oh, and there's just... skeletons in this room. I'll just go to the most recent version of the Monster Manual and pull a skeleton out instead of using the stats here. I'll just use the stats there. Yeah, it's, it's oodles of fun. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's the way that I am. You know, I'm not a... I, the only thing I will ever build in any game system is the backstory. So here's a good example. Have you have you watched Altered Carbon the first? Season? Yeah, I yeah I couldn't get through the second season because I, was... I, I I love Anthony Mackie, but I can't. It's terrible. It's just, I, 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 I yeah I couldn't get through it. And what killed me was I really enjoyed the first season and like we, I totally we had the entire premise. Where I, we did. What, we did. What, what was that, Chris? Uh, I was just. Mate, I, you mustn't have been in a, been on that show, but I'm pretty sure we had this talk on we whilst this we're exact recording. Conversation. Yeah. Wait, this is so, conversation. <laughs> so the altered carbon world fits into a great worldview of my cyberpunk. Yeah. So if, if we're playing cyberpunk with me, the aspect of the meth in altered carbon exists have have existed. It's like the guy wrote that the book that that's based on you know from my notes for cyberpunk 2020 in in the early 1990s because that was my whole theme behind it was you had the corporations existed and the corporations were run by what in altered carbon is a meth but these people that are living forever and ever and ever it's like the the, the movie aeon flux if you've ever seen that yeah it's that very similar yeah you know that 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 concept i love TV that show concept. Was, tv show was better just for the record right the, you know, the animated and, one but yeah the 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 movie was kind of it was okay but it was okay but yeah it, it, i get like the the portrait you're painting on that yeah you know it's that live forever you know groups of people live forever amass wealth and then you have the dregs of society that are always fighting against which in cyberpunk 2020 you represent it as corporations but behind those corporations are the meth that live and it's like if i ever did gamma world it's the planet of the apes store not the planet turns into apes it's your astronauts on a ship going back in time mm -hmm. going forward in time but you think you end up going back in, and that's that's the thing because here's my whole thing is that as players why not just take your skills in with you know it's very hard of a lot of game systems to try to come up with a way that you're not metagaming all the time. Why don't you just build metagaming into it? And so your five astronauts that were on a space flight that were going into the, were going to, you know, Mars ended up going through a wormhole and you ended up on the earth 200 years in the future. Now you're in gamma world set. And now you have to understand, you know how to use a gun, but you may not know how to use a bio laser pistol because right. they didn't exist. So now you got to figure that out with the skills that you have today. So all your metagaming is actually gaming. You know, everything that you're using from your outside, your skills today, put into the game. And, and it allows people to be freer that way. You know, that way they don't have to sit there and, you know, you don't have those conversations in the middle of it where, oh, we're metagaming. No, you know, you're playing exactly how it should. That's why I like the those those settings, the cyberpunk, you know, D&D. It's a tough one always because you're always going to metagame. Always. Yeah. There's no way you can't metagame D&D because D&D. &D... It's built into the system. Like, oh, here's this new source book that has all these new rules and all these new things. Like, like that, it's built into the game system to do that. 
Yeah. The problem is, is that, you know, the, the metagaming in D&D comes from understanding what a trap actually is and what a trap actually does, rather than in the game you're trying to You bookers would have to out. check for one first, wouldn't you? Exactly. Yeah, we would. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, the metagame side of it is, oh, well, I would have checked for it anyway. I'm a rogue. I'm always checking. That's fine. Like, literally, it... If someone said to me, the default is when we enter a room and I check for traps, I'd tell you to roll. No one has said that. Not once. Not once. The the metagame thought, it always goes back to uh, who the hell was it? Uh, uh, Who is the pilot that could land on rock? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dash. Dash. Render. Well, it was always thought of in any game. I can't believe how many games went on that I saw Dash Rendar on the table, and there was never declarations in that game. It was always assumed. Mm. See, when I, the brief period of time that I played him, I and again, this is just my style. I announced ahead of time, up unless I Me say too. otherwise, I I, I pre declare yeah. my intention to land on a rock. Unless I I say otherwise. You know, and it's funny because in the original rules of X-Wing years and years ago, it stated that you had to verbally state what your action was. Yes. We had a a big hubbub with uh, Bob whenever he... Whenever yep. he went and did not pre-declare, yep. he was moving three ships. They were all making the same movement. Yep. And his opponent, like, bitched up a storm. He didn't declare actions for those two when he moved them. Right. Yeah. But it was in the rules that you had to declare. And he, you couldn't he just... Wrong, but it was just a, a dick move. Right. You know, it was the uh, the, the concept of placing the... I mean, that was the, 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 the epitome of, like, what are you going to do? Right, we. I'm pretty sure we've. I can't, we might have had the conversation on here. We did, or, did the we, tournament yeah. stuff. No, as uh, by um, what do you do if your opponent just? Yeah, yeah, we did have it. If your opponent yeah. just says, I think uh, we've I, had it a few times. Just picks all the ships yeah. and put them back on the board and say, yeah. "No, you didn't." Yeah, yeah. Like, so that didn't happen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do what you want, man. So, so anyway, yeah. that, that's that's my whole thing is that, you know, most not systems... Not, not that I would ever encourage violence, but that's absolutely someone that you meet in the parking lot after the event. Just so say <laughs> In a video game. In a, yes, yeah, yes. In a video game. In a video game, yeah. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's... What was your, uh, what was your flight? Well, so... <laughs> All right. So for me, it's funny that we're talking about this, uh, a lot of the role-playing stuff. Uh, uh, Freely Games uh, was a little late on releasing their their latest book out for the Alien RPG, which was Colonial Marines. But what they did do, uh, for those of us that pre-ordered it from them, is they pre-released the PDF. They were hoping to do it on Alien Day. They were about two weeks late. But they did get it out, so I did end up with in my drive-through RPG mailbox. I got the a the Colonial Marines campaign source book uh, that Freely Games is just about to publish. Uh, we should see physical copies if you're looking to pick this up at your friendly local game store uh, by the end of June, according to Freely Games. This is a 380-page amazing tone one of the things that i like about this specific role-playing system it's quickly becoming um one of my favorites i don't know that it's ever going to topple dnd dnd is always going to have a special place in my heart period uh, i can always find fundamental issues in, with the rules that i've had for a role-playing game as dungeons and dragons is however it's always going to be the king 
However, so whenever you want to do that breakout of um, system, it reminds me an awful lot about like how the West End game Star Wars game worked. Uh, theirs was a D6 based system too. There was based, based on levels of success. Um, they didn't have a stress mechanic uh, like this one does, but overall it was a very rules light. So it was more role, R-O-L-E playing than role playing, R-O-L-L playing so i have so a lot of this book a lot of this 380 page tome like there are some rules there's some new interesting stuff they're adding to campaign rule but a lot of it is just background source material on a universe that i grew up on that never filled in any of those gaps so for me it has just been I, I, I've been a kid in a candy store reading up on all of the background information on what's going on. It, they do work specifically with now Disney. This is the first urban conquest. Ooh, sorry. Sean's showing off his stuff for those of you in the audio format. Um, so they are working uh, tightly now with, it was 20th century Fox before they are now working tightly with, um, with Disney because they are the ones that currently own the property for the aliens universe. So everything that's coming out of here is considered to be canon. So it is. Con so now that it's all canon in the universe, now I'm tying in a lot of the stuff that I've read in the books that are now showing up into here and little tiny mentions that was a paragraph in a book somewhere get way more expanded and you really start to get a lot of the information on it. But this book has inspired me to be like, I want to start an alien campaign. The rules for campaign play weren't really fleshed out in the the main book. They said you could do it, absolutely could do it, but they genuinely were pushing players in the, the first year and a half of its uh, inception into the, the cinematic, into the, you know, you're going to play this one cinematic thing. It's a one-off. It's going to take you two or three sessions and then it's going to be kind of over. And then you put it back on the shelf and then maybe you pick up another one. Then they get this really big cinematic one with Destroyer of Worlds and that'll take you like eight or nine sessions and then then you put it back on the shelf but this one this one book is been, is an absolute must-have if you're into the game in any way shape or form it is all the campaign rules that you ever want and includes half of the book is a pre-generated campaign books like think of it like if you were to like for me i did i have a lot of the forgotten realm stuff i was a really big fan of the forgotten realms so i bought all the forgotten realm source books i still have the second edition box down here um so like i've got the second edition box i've got the third edition book and that one had, was very rules light but it was just dripping with lore and fluff that really get your head into that world so when you are writing you know an adventure in the Forgotten Realms and you're going in, you're going into the north, you can actually go, oh, I know this area. I know what's going on here. I know all the key players so I can look up these little names and all of that is here. So this is, just, it's just been a joy to read this book and it has inspired me to like, oh God, I really want to run an alien campaign at some point in time. Because I mean, what, what cooler way would you want to do it? Like to be able, like I want to go, I want to play in the movie Aliens. Well, you know what? They didn't all go to LV426. Like they wanted to border world at points in time they went out and said hey there's this hostile alien species that's attacking our harvesters go take go kill them and guess what they're not xenomorphs they're something else so you have a military action going there and then they're protecting the borders to the other governments that are in the galaxy it's, it's so much cool stuff that's going on so i've i've been i'm almost through it i am almost through it. i'm into reading more of the details of the actual campaign stuff now um, but oh, it's been a joy. So that's legitimately, that's what I've been doing. I've been sitting on the couch the last couple of nights, just flipping through this book and flipping through this book. It's, it's just been a pure joy.
So that that has been my gaming. That's pretty much all I've really done is preparing to game. So it's interesting that you had made that thing where you're like, oh, I spend multiple hours designing the campaign in my head and writing stuff down before I ever come to the table. I'm already there. I'm already like, ooh, this would be a good idea. And then we can go here. And then we can do this. Then I can add this on top of it. Like this is that's already where I'm at with, with, with this already. And I'm really looking forward to at some point in time in my life starting something there. It was in the, the side note to that is that someone else had mentioned that, of course, they're listening to me ramble on about th- this game so much like oh this sounds like it might be fun i might want to try i mean my main key is of course is i do not want to disrupt monday night dnd period having way too much fun with it i maybe the well i'll wait till this campaign's over is just not the right timing i don't know that this campaign ever ends which is fantastic so maybe it's got to be something like instead of a monday night it's a you know wednesday night every other wednesday night the nights that were you know kind of thing that i just set up another campaign which is why i was asking the questions about um because i think that if i really want to do this like i want to do it i think the only way to do it is to guarantee that i'm not interrupting what we're doing with chris's campaign which is why i was asking the questions about rule 20 which is why i was asking the questions about foundry because at some point in time i have no problem being a player on foundry because it doesn't cost me anything right exactly (laughs) my point is at some point in time i'm gonna have to put my money where my mouth is somewhere Uh, my inclination would have been to do it in rule 20 because you're proficient in rule 20 if i've got questions you can kind of give me a hey this is how you do stuff in rule 20 as opposed to trying to learn a new one because you can do both but Mm. that's all a side note so the 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 dream is under the surface brewing. So if there is anyone in the Patreons who are listening who would be interested, I might ask Chris to put something in the uh, the Discord and maybe we can get some general conversation going to see who might be interested in joining for an alien RPG campaign. Yeah. That's it. That's been my that's been my gaming. I didn't really get a bunch of other stuff done. Had some other family stuff this past week and blah. I won't get into that. Anyway, main topic time. We've got fun lists to look at. Yeah. So, um, obviously, Michael emailed us um, a while ago now, three episodes ago, um, talking about like competitive play, deployment, all of that kind of stuff. And we've been going back and forth, and then we had a bit of an exchange on uh, on the Discord, and I I came up with some list ideas after he gave us what list he had been running, and he said he was going to take a slight variation on the rebel list that i spoke about the rebel beefy one so he uh it turns out he ran with um four boy squadron escort x-wings and a boy squadron veteran with tractor beam and stabilized s-files so he, he basically dropped um the zeb attack shuttle with leia to get an extra X-Wing, which I think is something like an extra two health for the loss of yep. Leia. Um, and it's genuinely quite a bit of beef. It It, it is remnants of the... Uh, it reminds me very much of a 4B1Z list. Yeah. Uh, that list was never designed to outmaneuver uh, or outperform anyone. It was just like, I have a truckload of hit points. Can you get through them before the end of this game? Because I've got how many ships? Five ships throwing three red dice? Yep. Target lock focus is going around. Yeah. I didn't finish the premise before you got excited. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so excited about that list alone yeah. that I'm like, I yeah. can't wait to start getting into it. So um, so Michael uh, said he was going to run, run this list. And then we got a message on the Discord earlier on this week in our X-Wing chat um, saying that a few of our uh, listeners based in the southeast of England um, are all going to, because obviously restrictions and stuff have been 
uh, relaxed for COVID now in the UK. And the vaccination rates are doing pretty well over Ooh. there. And he said that they booked an, an Airbnb for the next few days and a bunch of my guests are going to go and play games and hang out and stuff. So they're having a five-player round-robin tournament. So we have all five lists and I've got... Actually, I'm not going to... Pew Pew Holiday event. Make yeah. sure you get the name in. So I've got the um, the results from the rounds we've played so far as well. I'm not going to spoil anything. But what I thought we could do is go through the five lists chat about our thoughts on them and then next time obviously we'll have finished so we can um, get some feedback from them and uh, see how it went so sounds like yeah. a plan to me it, it's so kind of it... like a tournament breakdown from a tournament that lack of folks is suited to covering yes exactly this is definitely our kind of tournament to run yeah it's it this is effect uh, this could be the model for um lack of focus con at the games center it's still gonna be weird to say yeah although just throwing it out there we're probably all bringing a thousand point more 40k list too just throwing <laughs> that out there oh well, so, I'm, I'm just trying to determine well, am i gonna bring well, tyranids am i gonna bring space marines gonna, am i gonna bring you runs? so your um your sister battle should be being assembled as we speak oh yeah, oh, yeah. joy just in time for the new codex yeah, you uh, can't see Chris's hands, but that's what he's doing under the. No, I, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I got in fact one of our listeners, Ben. Ben's assembling your Sisters of Battle for you. Ooh, uh, he oh, was asking. It shot me a message because he knows I've been querying out a bunch of stuff. So, do you have any uh, old Sisters of Battle bits? I was like, no, but I'm sure I could work something out. If you build all of these, if there's stuff left over, I don't care about it. Yeah, because so, you're in that policy of just throw out the extra bits where if I'm still on the policy, I have stacks and stacks of bits that I'm probably never going to use. Yeah. so I well, literally have bags of bits. Well, that's why those that guy at Nova Open runs an entire store of bits. Basically, yeah. Oh, when we we get we can get into the, when we get into the in focus on that, I will tell you tales of the Games Workshop bits truck that used to go around to game stores, and you used to buy bits by weight because you couldn't find them because eBay and stuff like that didn't exist back in those days. So if you wanted a meltagon and your buddies didn't have one, you were screwed until oh look, there's a truck full of bits and they've got twenty of them on there. Give me all of them, like so, oh god, back. And let's say it would have been about 2010, uh, 10, 2010, 2011, um, a decade ago, uh, I was um, running a gaming club in the UK. And one of the things I decided I'd try and do was build an, a space marine army with stuff I could salvage off people for free. <laughs> Ooh! Because this, like, my, my, it was just you're not going to use it was just you're not going to use. It was like, well, everyone's got space marines they don't want. Everyone's got space like, marine bits they don't want. Yeah, so I ended up doing a blood angels army. I think I got fifteen hundred points of uh, blood angels, and it. I can't for sure because it was a decade ago. I can't for sure say I didn't end up paying anything, but it would. I would must have been less than a hundred pounds, so like less than um, the cost of two tactical squads. But I got. Um, a full 1500 point army oh. back in the day they used to pick all kinds of different options so you could multipose your models and you can go oh there's four torsos that i'm never going to use and you could sell them off and so here's bolter guns well i put two melter guns and a flamer in this unit so i didn't use those bolt gun arms so i can use yeah oh oh those were the days those were the days 
and they still do kind of do that. It's just you Some don't get order- as many options. You don't get. Well, yeah, and I think you're going to find this whenever you start building those models, though. Like, those intercessors, there's really only one way to put them together. Oh, I'm and sure, yeah. No, there's I'm somewhere around here. Because what you'll get is you'll get the, oh, here's the arm and then the piece of the chest. And you're like, yeah. well, that doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Why do they do that? That is Games Workshop's response to all of those bit makers. Like, oh, we're going to make Ultramarine shoulder pads and call them you Ultramarine shoulder pads. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what Chapter House was doing at the time. Anyway, stop. Like, we're stop on the main topic now. We're on the main topic now. Anyway, we're, do, yes, we're doing right. a 40K in focus because this is going to be a short gonna, one. A hundred, get, one hour, 13 minutes in, we've covered this, one list. That is a short show for us. <laughs> so Anyway, to get into my... 4X1B. Love it. Love, 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 love every um, part of this list. So it still has One the of, stabilized foils and tractor beam on the, the B-Wing as well, which yeah. I'm really it, interested to see. Why not? Yeah, I, I want to see how many times he manages to get the target lock, because obviously it's if you fire the primary, you can spend the lock to fire the tractor beam afterwards. So how many times he gets to pull off the, uh, the tractor beam shot to actually reduce the agility for the rest of them. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Same here. I mean, that, I mean, that's pretty much, like, there's no fluff, no muff on this one. Like, honestly, it's, I'm going to try to beam something, I'm going to lower the agility, and the rest of the X-Wings are going to do the work. That's legitimately right. what it's there for. And mm-hmm. arguably a better list than what the first edition 4B1Z list won. Because the 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 Z, I'm sorry, for Chris's overseas friends, because the Z95, was only ever there usually for blocking. Like its whole intention yeah. was, I'm going to block you, and then these four B wings are going to blow you out of the sky. That that's the whole purpose. Yeah, it was Whereas, control. It was control, and you focus one down every. Right, yeah. exactly. And this particular, like, like the Z never really did much of anything. Like if it got off a damage or a shield here and there, okay, great, fine, it did something. But that was its sole purpose. Whereas this one is, if it doesn't have a tractor beam shot or doesn't need the tractor beam shot, you still have three red dice throwing on a pretty stable chassis to throw down and put some damage into it fantastic list love every part of it yeah oh it's good um um i'm i'm pretty confident that's a a strong list so uh people will always put something in front of it for you to shoot so absolutely and 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 there's a lot of dice being thrown at that show yeah yeah the catch with that one of course is you want to try to maximize your shots you want to try to maximize the amount of time people are spending in front of that list and rolling the most amount of red dice that you can on that so that's where you get into things like flying in formation a little bit maybe you break the b-wing off with another x-wing and the other three like you do the hammer and anvil kind of present this is a perfect list that you could use the pixid with the four x-wings and then have the B-Wing kind of that ship that's forcing ships in front of the X-Wings. And for those that don't know what Pixit is, it's basically a formation where if you all the ships are the same initiative value, they all move. It's the same dial. Yeah, yeah, and and it's a it's a, you can look it up and see because it's actually out there. Yeah, right. it's a it's a tighter than doing a box formation. It keeps it in a smaller footprint. And it keeps you it actually. Everybody can do one turns. Everybody can do banks. Everybody can do everything. And it didn't they? Didn't they also? I like. I know Pixit was the the username in um, the X wing forms of the person who developed it. But didn't it actually get called? It didn't it affectionately get called the pinwheel maneuver as well, like the pinwheel flying in Probably, but I, I always called it the pixel. Yeah, 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 you get credit where credit's due. The person who wrote the article, I agree 100%. Yeah, 
And and the other thing about it was is that's what I flew in Denver with the four B wing list was all Pixid maneuvering and you know what it does is you're always keeping those four ships and then when you need to have a ship especially when you're flying you know with ace pilot or against ace pilots you shoot one B wing out to block it correct and then the next turn you do a one straight and you can reform Pixid right back up and get it all back into formation you know there's a lot of different ways. But with this list, you could literally do that and put four four ship guns on almost every every yeah. turn. Uh, so the one thing we don't know is what what obstacles he took. So I'll be interested. Uh, you actually, if you go to as I say, he's got it. He can export if it. You out. Go oh, to rounds. If you go to rounds, click on. Okay. If you go to the the rounds, click on his name and then go to list. It'll show you he took Oh, he took the gas clouds. He took the gas clouds. Okay. Arguably a good choice. That's what we said. Uh, Gas clouds is uh, pretty, uh, no consequences, fine. So, yeah. I I agree agree 100% with that list. And with a list like this, yeah, that's how you want to fly. No consequences. On to my second favorite on the lists here of the ones that I'm reading the Cowabunga Squadron. God, I like. Have you seen I, the I, pictures on the discarded? I didn't want to spoil myself. Yeah, so if you scroll down to today at uh, twenty past two, but for me, so it'd be twenty past four for you. Um, it's got the, the, uh, the in X Wing talk on the discard. Gotcha. Again, I, sp- I could bring it up for the uh, the listeners. Yeah, I see it. Uh, yeah, I see the three gas clouds that he took on this one too. But if you look at uh, three twenty-seven, you'll see this list. Yeah. So it's the second to last picture if you scroll all the way down. Oh, that's an interesting setup for them. I like the offset maneuvering. Yeah. Well, so we should probably get into the list before we get too far into the, the, the setup in this one. But basically, we're running the uh, the quad jumper, Constable Zervo. Um, and then you're doing Crimora, Crimora goons uh, with proton bonds and ion cannons. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love every part of this. And why is it Cowabunga Squadron? Now you've seen the picture. Oh, well, for those of you that are... Oh, wait, do you have the pictures up right now? I do have the pictures up right now. Okay, so I'm not talking out of school in the fact that you have one blue and one purple and one orange and one red. It's Ninja Turtles. I love it. I love okay. every part of it. And they are painted like turtles. The they, Y-wings are green with a little yellow chassis. I love every part of it. And they, Yeah, they've even got the stripes on them. And then there's so Master fantastic. Splinter. Master Splinter in the quad jumper. Yeah, fantastic. I, lo- I love the whole theme of the list. Everything about this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take that away and show off our wonderful face. Does he have custom um, arcs on there? That's really sharp. Yeah, the, I like the I like the way the arcs also give ship numbers. Too. Yeah, that's really sharp. I don't know if yeah. those are like something yeah, um, custom 3D print. I think you can get them from uh, Curlpaw Creatives, I think, do stuff like that. I don't know if those that ones is... are the Curlpaw ones, but obviously other uh, other places are available. I, I know Alan does 3D print, um, does acrylics as well, because he did ours. So you get them from him, but, you know. No one sponsors yeah, but, us at the moment, so get them from wherever you want, guys. <laughs> Those are really, really sharp. The, I have a very soft spot in my heart for the Y-Wing. I From the original movie, it was my favorite ship. I was never an X-Wing guy. I thought the Y-Wing was the cooler of the two ships. Um, so it blew up better. It blew up better, yeah, because the legs broke off and stuff. 
Um, As much as I freaking hated the list, the one thing that I loved about when uh, TLTs came out, when people were running the four quad TLT list with four Y-Wings, was the fact that it brought Y-Wings back into the game. Because up until Wave 1, by the time Wave 2 came out, nobody ever ran... I mean, occasionally you had the um, Rebel Convoy... I'm not going to forget that list. Rebel Convoy had what two Y-wings well, with ion cannons two I, too. Yeah, yeah. You also had uh, what was it? Uh, trying to think, it was like Y-wings and B-wings. I can't remember. It's what Jonathan Gomes ran oh, back, yeah. way back in '14 when he played against Ira Mayer at Worlds. I think it was like two Bs, two Ys. It was a pretty pretty headbutting list. I can tell you that 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 list was pretty good because you could block fire control. My point was the by golden wave. daggers was it i think uh, so yeah yeah golden daggers yeah. i think was the name of the list but then but by the time wave four rolled out y wings dropped off the face of the earth you well they did they, they did because unfortunately fantasy flight put a ship out there that threw four dice and you couldn't hit with really anything because they would move before move after you shoot before you and cloak correct and then you're on one agility ship that's like and not going to be able to shoot them. Even with turrets, the way the turret rules were back then. Right. Which is why, quite, you know, twin laser turrets brought him back. And, oh, anyway. Yeah, and I, then the stress yeah. hog was a, a staple. To what the stress hog was it. huge, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. You're right. I had totally forgot about the stress hog. It did yeah. take one, but you only ever saw one. Oh, yeah, because they're limited drive that you needed for Yeah, it. you only ever saw one. My point is I've always loved the Y-Wings, so to see someone run four Y-Wings, that having been said, um, the Proton Bombs are an interesting choice on the list. Um, the Ion Cannons are another interesting It's choice. just all about arcs. You have yeah. the, you're always getting to roll dice, and then if your Ions hit, you can bomb them. Yeah, like, I, see, I see where the list is going. You can... You can use the tractor array to position them so you get to bomb them better. Um, yeah, it's it's an annoying list to play against. I think I've played against something similar. Um, but yeah, I think I, I'm relatively certain at um, Crate Cup 4, I played against five Y-Wings with Ions, and that was horrible. Because um, I was running the four-ship Imperial list that was pretty light on hull. Um, so oh, yeah, like, that, anything that actually took the eye on it was scary. Yep. But, yeah. Um, uh, one for one for good. you, Sean. It's a good list. I. It feels a little. There is. There's a bit of a gimmicky. To, there's a bit of a gimmick to it. I. It's a. I. I love every part of it. There is a bit of a gimmick to it though, and if the gimmick doesn't work, the list. The list collapses. I think that's the only. Yeah. It's the only side. The only part that I would have a problem. With. Yeah, and I, the bombs should do a lot of work, though. Oh yeah. God, yeah. Oh, well, they'll God, either yeah. they'll either work for you or against you. You'll Are either you... get them all off or you'll have some. Yeah, you've got a hole to sell, kit. It's far. Just drop them all. Yeah, drop yeah, them drop all. Them. <laughs> um, then we've got Nans with the uh, Separatist Squad, um, an energy what? shell um, swarm. So a Separatist Racketeer fire spray. I was gonna say one for you, Sean. Yeah, General Grievous crew, and then the S thread tracers. So Grievous just Makes- g- gives it a bit of survivability, and then the tracers can hand out target locks for everyone else. Yeah, for all the energy shell chargers that are coming. Yeah, and then five um, trade for, for <laughs> trade federation drones with grappling struts and energy shell charges. A good swarm. Um, yeah. it's, I, it, it's it really is. It's a good swarm list. Uh, five, but five rounds of uh, energy shells. So you get one round of shooting that's the same. 
as the, uh, the rebel list shots, mm-hmm. but you also yeah. get a fire spray on top of it, which could... I, I've, I would guess the way you kind of do it is throw the fire spray out, out first, have all of the drones behind it, get the tracers off with a fire spray, take a bunch of damage onto a fire spray, and then just try and fly over them and run and use your rear arc, whilst yep. the drones have all now got Calculate and um, Target Hook. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see this one is is one of those you really have to your alpha has to win yep. the game for you. Yeah, and then you're using the racketeer if it's still alive to try to mop everything. It's a list after my own heart. It's a swarm list that's got some punch to it. I, I love it. The thing I really like about this one is the fact that you don't need to like all be together for it to work. So you can come at it yeah. from multiple angles. Yes. Tra- traces work from range to a target, not to each other. Um, so the only reason you fly them close together is to benefit from the network calculations. But like, yeah. flying them in pairs is probably enough if you want to lean on that. Oh. Yeah. Then the next list was um, James's resistance list, which um, this type of list is done the rounds for resistance a few times now from memory mm-hmm. um carvanel and the resistance transport so she's the if you do um if your dial showing red you get benefits and obviously leia and an r4 astromech to make it not matter what color your dial was anyway um and then heroic then i was just gonna say you're missing the key point of the whole list am i am i <laughs> am i it's an entirely heroic list <laughs> yes Yes, thanks. Thanks, James. Thank you. Um, then we have Gria Sono with Heroic and Advanced Optics. She's solid. Uh, heroic mm-hmm. on the uh, A-Wing is a pretty good offensive boost. It's fine. It's fine, I suppose. Um, Temin um, and the... Um, yeah, Temin, what is, so that is the... is not Snap, that one. I don't... Yeah, that's, that's the not that's Snap. That's mom, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah, so there's true. two versions of Temin Wex we now, um, both in T70s, which... Oh, that's right. I forgot about the upgrade pack one. Yeah. It's Temin Wex we, and then there is um, um, uh, Temin Wex we of the... I can't remember what the box is called. The he- Heroes something? Hopeful? I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up, aren't I? I've, I've just broken Her- myself. Heroes of the Resistance. Yeah, Heroes of the Resistance. That's the one. Um, so... Which one would that be? Sorry, I've gone crazy. It's uh, extra heroic. Yeah, uh, heroic. I'm just going to have to build them both and see which one's which. And then R2, Astromech. Uh, it was R2, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a base R2. Yeah, base R2. Okay, so it is the boosting Temin. So yeah, it, it is Snap work. So, so hit the subtitle for that one is Snap, not the other one, because I think uh, you would run out of points. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose for this list, it's irrelevant because he doesn't have anyone else we're using s foils but uh the other temin's really good but let's buy a buy um and then kazuno the owner in the fireball with heroic and coaxium hyperfuel and it's a four nice individual initiative four ships that all do their own thing and all pretty funky um and it's yeah it's it's pretty solid but it kind of gets picked apart because like temin's a big threat not um, Carver is predictable in a flight path. Um, and then you've got two slippery aces, but I say aces in the, in the same way Charge uses I4s as aces kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, the limitation. I like the list, but I think it has a limit, a lot of limitation because I don't know how well you can synergize everything. I think you know, the problem with this list is the skill. Uh, that's some, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it's oh. a hard like we scroll back to the top. If you put that rebel list or this resistance list, I would probably fly a resistance one and regret it all day. Right. Because I could have an extra ship and them all be three dice attacks. Oh, what am I, what he, am I really if, losing? If he's a good pilot and knows how to fly this list, it could be a pretty good list. Though, oh, oh, yeah. yeah no, it's definitely got a lot of potential. Um, it's a four-ship resistance list. And then the last list we have is David with his Han and Dash, two, uh, two wide-ass at large bases. Edge of Honor, let's see you right here. Yeah. I love I, I love the concept of the list. I wish it I wish it were a uh archetype that actually did well in second edition. Unfortunately. I also think I also think too what you're up against is this list is kinda kinda has issues because you could knock Han off the board in one round with bad bad rolling. Uh, well, that's, so I'm, I'm we we can to... see the entire field, which does make me feel feel a little bit bad for David. Yeah, yeah, so and I think I'm trying to evaluate the list on its own merit first before I look at the other competition that it's going through. Um and on so its it, own merit, it's, it's Han with veteran turret gunner and trick shot, Dash with veteran turret gunner, trick shot, and outrider. Um so two two hundred points flat. Two yeah. big fat big ships. And this is an archetype that I flew in first edition quite a bit. Um, whether it was a Fathan list that ran three Zs or, or if you ran uh, another large base ship, like this was, an, in its day, a fantastic archetype when turrets were turrets. Yeah. The problem is the turrets are not turrets now. And I love the idea of what you're trying to go for, for the... We're going to put trick shot on Han. I love the, you know, the, the double triggers. I love, I, I personally still think like they, they keep bringing Dash further and further and further down. I'm waiting for him to get to the point where he is competitive. I, I think um, Dash is in a good place now. I yeah, think I agree. you can as far as do stuff. As, yeah. Well, the fact that you're pulling off veteran, like you're pulling off veteran turret gunner trick shot and the outrider title for 110 points when it was 105 when it first came out for the second edition. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I completely agree. He's probably in a good place. I love. I, again, I'm a gigantic fan of both ships. The unfortunate part of it is that it the turret ships, lar, turret based large base ships, just simply are genuinely underperforming in second edition. So obviously this isn't this isn't a competitive talk. So it doesn't matter. If you enjoy flying the list and have fun with it, who cares? Like right. legitimately it doesn't matter as long as you're enjoying flying the list. I would enjoy flying a list like this. I look yeah. at the other list that you're flying against, however, David, and go, ooh, like God help you if you got the um the the Trade Federation swarm on your first round. I, I th that would that would be a feels bad man. That would be I, I got to shoot with Han well, once and then he got picked up off the board and there goes half my list. So I think the the problem I see with this list is for it to be effective, you need to play against someone who's going to spread out because you to get any value out of the veteran turret gunners, you've got to be opposite arcs. Yep. So that and you means can you that... can get that with the mid game. The problem is, is I don't know that both of your ships survive the mid game. Yeah. So like, to get well, I think Mike, you're going to lose Mike one Swiss. of them. Yeah. You'll, I think you'll lose one of them in the alpha shortly thereafter. Yeah, I would but... be surprised if it survives at the opening exchange. And and why I, this is my re I love the list too. I, I played a lot of Han and same here. A lot of Chewbacca. You know, I've played a lot of those lists. 
in 1.0. My problem playing a list like this in 2.0 is I'm looking at 90 and 110 points. How do you come back from 110 points if you go down 110 points in one uh, ship, you, leaving yeah, one you, ship on the table? If you tra- uh, you you can't trade one of your ships for what, for like, even two or three. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, a hard a, that's a hard list to play. I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't know. I I would be unless I, they played with some sort of unless they played with some sort of special rule that turreted. Uh, large base ships could just free room their turrets. Like the I, reason, I don't... the reason why I don't think that is because he has the turret marking his ship. I know, yeah. and I, well, and that kind of goes into the big like, what? How would I fix uh, large base turreted ships for second edition? Give him back their turrets. That like, like honestly, no, I think they're fine. I, I honestly, I think uh, they're I, fine. They're just not what they used to be. And by the, and by not what they used to be, being they're they're not. But not overpowered and, and virtually unplayable. I, I well, disagree. I, I don't know if you have a. Di- I I think there's a middle ground in those two statements where Chris is saying that they are. You're saying they're not. It's just your play style at that. You know, if you have one of those ships and then other ships on the board, it's a different different type of yeah. ship. Yeah, and that was part of, that, that was part of the direction I was going to go with with the critique on this one. I would have picked one of these large base ships. Or the yep yep exactly to build your list on, and then fill those other 90 or 110 points with other support ships, which is the reason why Fat Han did as well as it did. Even though there were three Zs, there were blockers out there. You could be able to set ships up. Like the That's the reason why, one of the reasons why 3PO being the other, um, why that list did as well as it did was because it had those other things. To dump all those two po- well, all those points into two ships, you're asking for trouble. You, you had 3PO, in 1.0, you had 3PO and R2-D2 doing oh, a God. Boat, yeah, about that. Boatload, of, boatload of work in, what was that, third edition time frame, or third, third wave time frame with that. You know, you couldn't ask for more. And then, of course, you could throw the, the title on, on the ship and get the evade token, mm-hmm. you know, and let everything else just do the work. And with Han's ability was, you know, reroll dice. So it's free target lock, basically, if you don't like your roll. Yep. You know, and I, I just, I don't think the meta is, I don't, I don't want to talk meta here. I don't think X-Wing 2.0, from my experience, my little bit of experience with it is built for two large base ships. I think it's, it is more so built for more of that four ship, five ship, six ship swarmy type. Or at yeah, least that's, like, um, a three ship list now is, is a small number of ships. Uh, a yep. two ship list is verging on the uh, the unplayable. Uh, like, there's got to be something like theoretically, dash and that four dice attack could be the the something that we're talking about here. But there's got to be something mm-hmm. that pushes you above and beyond f- right. to make a two ship list work now. So like Vader in the de- Defender and something theoretically could Ooh, work yeah. because it it's something outside of the norm. But I think that David would find that. Given a perfect scenario, and he got to activate veteran turret gunner on both ships, he's highly unlikely to kill two ships. So he's just spreading damage, and you've got less ships. So I think it that's just, the danger with this yeah. list: is the moment you're spreading damage, you're you're yeah. you're falling behind quickly, even yeah, in the yeah. half points. Yeah. yeah, you're 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 not executing one of the fundamental tips to how to win an X-wing focus well, fire. 
Well, if you look at, you know, the separatist swarm, you know, if I oh, knock... that's what I said. That list is a nightmare for these. I mean, I, yeah, even, even the Rebel Alliance, uh, Michael Fenner's list is a pain for it too, mm-hmm. because you're trying to cut through the shields, and then you're. Right, Michael's list would be would be the worst matchup out of all of these. I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, theoretically, when the uh, the separatists, you could you could kill four drones in the opening next change. You're not killing two um, two of those rebel ships. Yeah, you're not killing two X wings or two B or the B wing or an X. And I'm going to say one more thing that about when you look at all of these lists together, with the exception of David's list, and it's not a knock on it, but I think you're going to time against every other list against every other list in the round robin is going to time against each other most likely until you play David, and then you're probably yeah, I probably, mean. 200 uh, half point. Yeah, I think the, the way that David has to play this is just bait and run and yep, just run not away. be there and yep. very... Try to get uh, lined up. Does and... anyone out... No one out aces him, so he's got the highest initiative on the field. Yeah. Um, so... Um, that's that. Yeah, that's going to be hard work looking at this matchup. Yeah. So. I just think all the other lists will most likely play to time and you'll have the half points will be extremely important. Yeah. yeah. This this list is, you know, it's probably 75 minutes of literal frustration against your opponents because if you don't knock the ship off the board turn one, by the end of turn two, you're probably, probably hurting. One of the two ships is probably down quite a bit to where if it takes any fire and any any round you're losing the ship you're already at 45 or 55 points half points right there yeah against the other list it's just and it's not yeah it sounds like yeah, yeah not, tr- not a, we're not trying to david i, I legitimately you know, oh I, I think it's just like if we're going I, to I, predict how these matches go i think that I would have to say that, that that's going to be the hardest way. And like I said, that that list is going to have the, the, the highest to climb. But we're talking about in the internal meta of this event, it's going yes. to be hard work because yep. the thingies doesn't have to try and get like no one's running imperial aces here. Nope. Like, if someone's running imperial aces and David runs this, you've got to do. Like, you, you probably get. Shots oh, yeah. off every turn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so like I said, I'm going to stand by my position in the beginning. If you have fun flying the list, who cares? Exactly. Oh, who you cares? know the, the the fun in that list might be the challenge. It could be. You know, yeah, absolutely. That, if you're a player that loves that challenge in X, this is a, for this meta. You know, this tournament. And I don't know if they went in with knowledge of what each person was playing prior to or anything, but I mean, or this Han, is or if Han Solo is your favorite character in Star Wars. Exactly. They, like, oh, they, everyone they, knows that Redline's that. people's favorite character from the movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Tie Punisher. Oh man, that's my favorite. I don't just run it because I can win. <laughs> Winning is a theme. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, so, do, so... We wanna, do we want to go into a sneak peek of how these are doing, or do we want to? Well, I think we'll we'll let's, leave it for the next show. I think because I don't yeah. want like we're obviously halfway through the event now because we're recording late on a Friday, so they've had time to play a couple of games. So. Yeah, good for them. I'm jealous. Like I would love to do what they're doing. Like yeah. the entire idea. Like we're doing the same thing. We're just going to get together for a weekend and throw some stuff down. Yep. Yeah, I'm. I was. 
looking at um, when the border is going to be open and when I wouldn't have to quarantine on the way back. And I'm itching to just go somewhere and do something. So I'm in that same boat. Um, So full disclosure, two of my children have been vaccinated. Um, They haven't done the shot for the 12 and under yet. And once that happens... I am going to be able to venture outside because that means the entire family has been vaccinated. Yeah. We will be. And I told, I I promised Chad, he'll pick the game, whatever he wants to play. The, the min, the minute that that 14 day waiting period is over on the second shot, I'm doing it. So the other thing is that, you know, for me is that I'll still wear a mask. I've been vaccinated and have had COVID since I was vaccinated. I'll still wear a mask, you know, just yeah. because there's wearing a mask people. at Walmart today. Like <laughs> I'm well, still doing there's, that. There's, there's other reasons you want to wear a mask at Walmart. But right. <laughs> the, the, you know, my concept is, is that it's not, you know, I can still catch it and carry it even with a vaccine potentially to where I don't want to be a spreader. Now, when I'm at work, I don't wear it because I'm in a small group of people and everybody but two of us have been vaccinated. And like I said, I've already been vaccinated and had COVID. So. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be different. So the problem that I have, so like, for example, uh, I literally just got done planning um, our first of two vacations that we're going to take over the summer. Um, and we're going to outdoorsy stuff. I'm okay with taking the kids to a theme park, for example. Um, They'll still wear masks in close quarters, but like it spreads less outdoors. I know this now. We know this now as as a society. So like, I'm okay with the idea of like, oh, we're going to go to the beach one day. We're going to go here. We're still going to keep our distance. We're still going to try to keep this, you know, but like, we're not going to be dumb about it, but I'm okay taking the kids or something like that. The fundamental problem that I have with a game store is I go into this small cramped in place with no ventilation and I'm going to be sitting less than three feet away from another person playing a game. That's where my fundamental problem comes in. If I could do this in my driveway, I have a driveway that's got a hill. Otherwise I would do this. I play in the driveway. Like as long as it's well ventilated, I think I'm kind of okay with the idea doing it, but I, I just need once all the kids have their vaccines, then I can, then I'm good. Then I can be our, our, our right and comfortable in a position. So we're close. We're super close. Hopefully yeah. by July, I'll be able to get out of the house finally and go do something, anything. doesn't matter what it is. Yep. Yep. Exactly. All right. I think that's probably a good place to button it up because I've got an in focus I'm really looking forward to doing tonight too. <laughs> yep. Um, so obviously let us know what you guys think. Leave some comments on the video because obviously this is on YouTube again now because I, I started working harder again. Uh, yeah, harder. And um, you can jump on the Discord and follow along with them because they've been posting pictures as I've shown a few of them off on the YouTube video. So yeah, make sure you jump onto the Discord. It's been really fun getting to know everyone. Been playing some Neptune's Pride, um, and that's dragging a little bit now. Been playing some. Uh, Has anything happened in the last three days? So um, some Adam just quit, um, which throws in another AI, so um, everything's going to go to a pot. But I, All right. my I my secret plan, my secret plan was that if um, if nothing happened by tomorrow night when we finished playing Inquisitor. I was just going to um, quit myself and throw in the um, the AI. Uh, it, it, it's so we've oh okay so we got yeah we've got how many people had quit now? Um, well, so three people out, one person's um, quit, and yeah, I think I've got ideas for if we run another one, but I also think having like 
a week off might do people good as well to yeah no not, I don't not keep rolling in you're you're also getting into that summertime time frame too where people are busier yeah. with other things and you know America is opening up whether you know yeah, we're getting there. there it's yeah. it's happening here so CDC says they don't have to wear a mask I wasn't wearing one anyway but <laughs> now I got an excuse of course I'm vaccinated yeah exactly yeah. fun times um. Well, yeah, so we we run stuff, obviously. Um, I'm not 100% yet, but if I do do the painting streams, there's a good chance there'll be a painting hangout on Discord as well. Uh, so you'll be able to come and actually physically chat rather than just doing Twitch chat if you want to. Uh, but that should start up, in, in I will say, in June. Uh, that'll at least have one or two of them done, just where I try and get a feel for it and what you know how it changes my normal painting routine if i can remember to actually talk about what i'm doing why i'm doing it all of the good stuff of like streaming mm-hmm. stuff um getting into that habit that's going to be the catch yeah uh we uh, are we playing tomorrow so we're, are we yes. yeah yes. I, I plan on it so i so plan on it we'll yeah. be streaming some uh, inquisitor martyr I need to know how far ahead you guys are. I might work. I might work ahead tomorrow. I've got some. I've got a honeydew list I need to fill tomorrow. But once that's done, I might work a little ahead just to play catch up on levels. So I um, catch up with you guys. It, we're not that far ahead, but we Sean. I think so. Two levels. You're, you're two levels oh, behind well, me, I, and I'm two or four behind Chris. I can't remember. Oh, then yeah. that's not so bad. No. Yeah. The thing is, um, is that if 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 we ping off Chris, so if we play the campaign, we're pinging off you, Ed. If we play the non-campaign, play the higher level stuff, we're yeah. pinging off Chris. So it benefits us, I think, a tiny bit more than Chris because we're getting more <clears throat> XP, but and but the gear is better. So it depends which way we go with that. I used to want to do the campaign like we talked about. Yeah, no, I agree. So we can complete it and then start the new one. Yeah, because I was just going to say, because Sean did a very nice thing. We have uh, the... the all the forty, all the forty k Inquisitor stuff went on sale. In so I was going to talk about that, um, but I'll let you finish this point first, and then I'll run us back. Oh, I was just going to say. So Steam just recently ran a, a deal where all of the expansion stuff for uh, Warhammer forty k Inquisitor went on sale. It was like twenty bucks for everything, and we all got it because Sean's an awesome, amazing person. It said, "Here, you can have this." I'm like, "Oh, okay, thank you." Yeah, uh, Alan bought the it as well. After, the day so... after. Ooh, ooh, whoa, so whoa. we can get a fourth. Whoa. We can get a fourth. Tell him to start leveling now. I, I yes. told him that he can either turbo level through through a tutorial, or he can just play for a bit and then start a new character when we start a new character. Yeah. Do the other campaign. It's a good yeah. way to do it too. Yeah. Yeah, but there's or, a big part of me that level. I want to well, play now. I, well, that's what I'm, I'm wondering. I'm like, I know he's going to be low enough. I know he's going to be fairly low level, but if he stays in the back with the rear, he'll level up really fast by the one night of yeah, gaming. He, he could get crushed, but who cares? Because he's still going to level. Right. I mean, he's still going to level. He should still join us. We should message him tonight <laughs> and say, Alan, you need to join us tomorrow. Well, then we need to feed him those those uh, extra XP I've got, things. I've got extras. We will we'll level him. We'll yeah, power we level him up. We don't use those. He uses them right. so that he can power level through us. Ed's going to secretly use them. There's going to be an icon on my hair. You'll see it if I'm using the, the power. <laughs> I didn't say it was going to be a good secret. <laughs> Yeah, no, I completely agree. We need to message Alan as soon as we're done here and say, "Hey, you're playing with us tomorrow night, and we're gonna po- we're gonna power level you through." The only problem that I would be afraid of um, is if he's really looking forward to like the story that's involved in it. If he picks up where we are, we're what we're in chapter three right now. Yeah, 
So he's going to miss he, every, everything that happened before that. Yeah. yeah, or he could start working right now, play straight through and get caught up in the story by tomorrow night so that he has no sleep, you know, yeah. he's irritable and grumpy. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So exactly. what I was going to move us on to is it is currently a Warhammer Schools Festival of Video Games with up to 85% off. So what I thought we could do is pick up a couple of other things we can play as well. Jesus, so no, if, you, right, if you go and look, uh, uh, War, Warhammer Underworld... Now, what did you hold do? On, hold on, hold on. So <laughs> Warhammer <laughs> Underworlds have... Online is currently free. Okay, so you should just pick that up just because it's stupid not to. Yeah, um, it is one of the ones where there's in-game content to buy, so you, you buy different warbands and stuff, but it's currently okay. free. So that's one I've so... already downloaded and installed. Okay, so Warhammer Online, uh, play for free. So it's which one? Warhammer Online? Warhammer Un- Underworlds. Warhammer Underworlds Online. So not add your... Why can't I just buy it? Where is it? Uh, it says you have to add to account. It should yeah. say... So you go to the store, put it in, and then... Oh, add to account. There it is. I didn't see the button. Yeah, yeah it doesn't say add to cart. It just says Got it. add yeah. to account. Um, then I also have been playing um, Battlefleet Gothic... Uh, Armada. Is that a spaceships? I know, but is that a 40k? Yes. Uh, it is I currently five dollars and nineteen cents for the first one. Oh my one. god, Inquisitor Inquisitor Martyrs down to twelve forty nine. Oh all yeah. oh, that hurts my wallet so hard. Yeah. Um Battlefleet Gothic. I'm not I, seeing what you're seeing. Yeah, I'm not seeing it either. Right, so I, I, I we can Battlefleet can Gothic see. Armada. Yeah, and uh, Armada is five nineteen. Yeah, I'm talking Canadian, obviously. Yeah. And then Armada 2 is like 10 bucks Canadian. Yeah, $7.49. And which one did you pick up? The Armada? I've got, um, I had Armada already because I bought it when it was new. I haven't Mm -hmm. bought the second one yet, but uh, that's a game you can play against each other. Uh, It's pretty good fun. Um, What else was there? Uh, We could get Fury of Dracula because that's the one that Frank. Uh, Frank Brooks did the conversion over, oh, yep. so we could all play that as a board game together. That's only twenty five percent off, though. It's fifteen bucks. Yeah. Um. Then what else was there that looked fun and interesting? Is um, Warhammer Underworld? Is that an MMO? Uh, I don't think it's an MMO. It, uh, Warhammer Underworld. Oh no, that's um, uh, it, it's Sh- um, Shadespire. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. Um. It's the um, it's magic with miniatures. You will like it. I'm half sold already. What else is there? Yeah, what was I your mean, third one, Chris? Um, I forgot now. It doesn't matter. Well, War, go through Warhammer Skulls. So if you click on Warhammer Skulls, that just brings up all of the games that are on offer. Oh yeah. damn! Space Hulk Tactics is that just Space Hulk? Yeah, Space Hulk was like my entry drug into into 40k. If it's just a replication of the tabletop game in digital format, yeah, I'm. Space Hulk, so you'd buy Space Hulk for that. But still has difference than the tabletop game, but it's very similar. But the Space Hulk Tactics is not the same thing. I don't think so. It's a faithful oh, adaptation. Oh, it says. It does it says say it faith, is. So. Faithful adaptation of the Space Hulk board, board game is where, like, uh, it's how much? Five ninety-nine, six bucks. Add to right. cart. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I am I'm done with... Uh, Fuck with, you, Chris. With, uh, Just... <laughs> What do you want from me? Uh, there's an opportunity to get some fun games and have yep. so, uh, more stuff to do. So I got Space Hulk Tactics. I picked up Space Hulk Tactics. I've got Battlefleet Gothic Armada. And then what else? Um, did you get the Underworlds one? Yeah, that was a yeah, free one. That's yeah. done. Uh, so 
uh, after that, they all start being not as crazy discounts, but... Uh, yeah, there's Wait, a bunch of them. We play, can we play Space Hulk together? Space Hulk Tactics is... Uh, I don't know. I know you can play with the first-person shooter as a co-op. I don't know about this one. How do I get to... Single mind? player. Yeah, so it's single player. Online PvP. Care. You can play against each other on Space Hulk Tactics. Cool. Online v- PvP, yeah. Uh, where? How do I get to my cart? Come on, gonna, Steam. Does that mean I've got to add this to my cart? Why can't I get to my cart? To new shop. So oh, there is, we go. Um, yeah. What's, what's the, I, I'm thinking about getting the Adeptus Titanicus as well, because I like Titans. But how much is that? That one looks like real money, almost. Ugh. Ugh. All right. I'm okay spending 10 bucks on two games. Um, Purchase. Space Hulk Deathwing is the first-person shooter version of it, and that is co-op. You just play as a squad of Terminators and walk around. But I've never played it multiplayer, so I don't know. Yep, it's on my call. Every once in a while, Gabe puts his stuff on it. Obviously, I was going to get Armada 2 as well. It's on sale. Oh my god. Yep, so we can can, uh, play some more games, fun times. Damn it. Like, I'll just play Space Hulk by myself. (laughs) It's such a great game. Yep. Next show is Ed playing Space Hulk on his own. <laughs> this is me playing Space Hulk. Battle of the Armada looks really good, though. Like, I'm looking it, it, at, like... Oh, the visuals on it. So, I... It's the only one... It feels like a decent... Not recreation of the games. It's not, like, turn-based or anything. But it feels quite true to the game. And then you add in the upgrades, which just makes it a lot more fun. I think it's really good. Well, first of all, I, all right, I'm a gigantic RTS fan. I've always been a fan of RTSs. This goes back to Command & Conquer, you know, StarCraft, Red Alert. Like, I know it's still technically Command & Conquer. Like, I've always been a big fan of RTSs. And to do it, well, that's the reason why, like, the 40K, RT, like, the, the Dawn of War series was one of my favorite games of all time because it combined two of my favorite things in the whole world, 40K and an RTS. Yeah. Although it took them forever. I don't think, first of all, the original Dawn of War, they never added Tyranids as a playable race, which really pissed me off. You had to wait to Dawn of War 2 for that. And I wanted them in Dawn of War 1. I wanted to be able to go through and run 14 Carnifexes into your base and say, have fun, boy, and a <laughs> thousand Hormagons. <laughs> oh, well, fun times. Um, so, yeah, um, you could get any of those games we just spoke about and you'll be able to play them with us because why not? Just post on a Discord. <laughs> They are dirt, dirt cheap on Steam right now. And they, they, especially like Inquisitor, if you're even remotely closely interested in Inquisitor, paying 12 bucks for it as opposed to 50, totally worth it. It's yep. a, it's and you, Diablo. You can, you can join our universe. cabal. You can come and join our cabal. You can. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Um, so yeah, make sure you check it out on YouTube so you can look at us all. Uh, I've got my stupid um, blue light glasses. I've got my gunners. Because obviously they don't sponsor us either, so other polarizing sunglasses are available. Um, these make me better at League of Legends, so I'm only like Wood Four now instead of Wood Five. I've got my prescription glasses that turn into sunglasses that should actually be bifocals, but I'm refusing to accept that I'm getting old and need bifocals to think. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I've got anything else. Um, email us any questions, obviously, lackoffocuspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, lackoffocuspodcast. You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, the links for all of my social media stuff are down below. Ed, do you want to pimp any of your stuff? Sure. I haven't posted anything in a while on YouTube. I've kind of gotten like behind on my editing. I've got the last time that we did Inquisitor... Um, 
in the can. I just haven't uploaded them. That's part of the other projects I need to do. So you can start getting more stuff on that. Um, we'll be playing Inquisitor tomorrow night, which means you can catch something on stream. So if you want to go out and check out Old Guy Gaming MTGA on Twitch, you can find Chris and Sean and hopefully Alan catching up and playing uh, Inquisitor Martyr tomorrow night on Twitch. Although by the time you're hearing this, it's probably too late. Um, but that you can get the, uh, the, the Cliff Notes version where I edit out all the, hey, I'm selling stuff stuff. Uh, to actually see us actually playing that, I'll put that up on YouTube <laughs> so you can check that out as well. Um, yeah, well that's it. That's it. The patrons will know about this tomorrow morning because I'm going to stay up and edit it immediately. So Because Chris is a hardest working producer. Yeah. Obviously, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can go to Lack of Focus on Patreon. Or if you wanted to do a monthly payment rather than a per show, um, you can go to Dice Hate on Patreon. Links again are in the show notes. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this one. I, I, I'd love to say it's always nice talking to you. We're going to talk to you in again about in 10 minutes, but John, <laughs> always good talking to you, my friend. Yep, yep. It's uh, it's glad to be back. I think I missed a couple episodes there uh, with some stuff going on. Um, hopefully we'll be back at least, you know, as much as I can be with uh, with what's going on in my life. So All things understandable. Yep, exactly. So, um, looking forward to our our next show here in a few minutes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so Chris, I'll I'll just you? explain quickly, just because I should. It's been a while since we've done an in focus. Uh, in focus is uh, the bonus content that we make, which we don't charge the patrons for, where we actually try and be more succinct on a topic. Right, we can still be rambly, but we try and stay on point and actually talk about one thing. Um, that generally gets posted to both a Dice Hate and a Lack of Focus Patreon pages um, as audio content. And then if it's got video content related to it, it'll go onto YouTube like a week later and stuff like that. But uh, you can get it for free on the Patreon. You don't have to be a patron to listen and consume that content. It's just we host it there to give you a reason to look at it. Absolutely. All right. So that is going to do it. Chris, always good talking to you, my friend. It's always good to be here. All right, so that is going to do it for episode 78. We're looking forward to talking over tournament results and see how did we know we were talking about it or not and how well it was did. So, as always, guys, do hope you enjoyed. And as always, bye, casual. Thank you once again for joining the Lack of Focus X-Wing podcast. Check out Dice Hate Productions for all the latest episodes, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode.